Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18? Proverbs chapter 18 and the book of James chapter 3. Proverbs 18 and James chapter 3. We're on week 3 of the power of the tongue. And I gave you a little homework assignment to memorize this uh, passage. Uh, actually, this verse. And it says this. Let's see if you memorize it. Well, you, you can put, put it up on the screen. Let's, let's practice one time. Ready? Let's say it all together. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Say it one more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I want to highlight these things. Death and life, notice, both death and life are in your mouth. Both death and life are in your words that you speak, are in the power of the tongue. Death and life is contained in the power of the tongue. The first week we talked about that everything that's created in heavens and the earth were created by words. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then your life, your words count in your, uh, in your life. Your words affect your life. In fact, your life is a result of the words that you speak. A man shall have joy by the fruit of his mouth. The Bible says uh, that our, our life is affected by our tongue. Now, when it says the power of the tongue, the word power in the Hebrew is, the original word is the word yad, Y-A-D, and it really is translated many times in the word as the word hand. Uh, death and life is in the hand of the tongue, but that doesn't really sound right. Like, death and life is kind of in the hand, in your hands, but it's in the hand of the tongue, you can't really picture a hand coming out of your mouth. But what it means by the hand is it's in the control of the tongue. It's in the authority of the tongue. It's in your words. Your life is in your, the hands of your tongue, so to speak. So if you have a loose mouth, you've heard the saying, loose lips sink ships, right? If you have a loose mouth, then you probably have a loose life. If you have just a life that you just say, huh, I'm just the kind of person that I just say what I feel and feel what I say, yeah, and, and your life will be represented in that as well. That's why the Bible says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, if you understand the power of the tongue, you'll eat the fruit of using your words correctly. You'll eat the fruit of knowing how to speak the right way. God knows how to speak. Jesus knew how to speak. Uh, and anyone that's powerful and effective knows how to use their words in the right way. Death and life are in the hand or the power of the tongue. Now, let me tell you the difference between power and authority. Sometimes we could just use those words interchangeably. There's a difference between power and authority. Uh, some mornings I'll go and I'll drop off my daughter at school and uh, five years old and drop her off at school. And when we go to drop her off at school, there's a car line that's outside and there's a police officer that's male or female. And they'll usually, you know, will put up their hand and they'll say stop. And then they'll tell this, these people to go. And then they'll put, say stop and tell these people to go. There was a new one the other day and this person was aggressive. You know, they came out and they were like, stop. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I'm like, 
like, man, they're getting down, you know? They were really, but do you know that however powerful they are, they're not more powerful than the car that has power to run them over. Now, that's a hor horrible thing to say. I don't even want you to picture that. But they're not powerful. They don't have power. They have authority, right? They have authority. So people will stop because of the authority that they have, not because of the power that they have. The power is really in the law behind the person standing there. They've been given a badge or they've been given a gun or they've been given something that, that you recognize their authority that they have and you can see that they have authority to stop you to tell you when to stop and when to go. You don't respect them because of their power. You respect them because of their authority. It could be a 90-pound, you know, uh, uh, lady, that little bitty lady that's standing up and she's like, stop the car, right? And you're going to stop, not because you say, I, I don't have to stop. She's just a little late. No, it doesn't matter. She has the authority to tell you to stop. When the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, that's what it's talking about, or is in the authority of the tongue. It's not just the, that your tongue is this powerful, you know, thing. It's that it, has, it carries authority with it. See, when man was born... Actually, when man was created, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then he created man. And the first thing he told man was, be fruitful and multiply. And then he gave man dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air. He gave man dominion over the earth. Jesus, after he was, um, died and was raised from the dead, he came and he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, you go. What did he do? He gave them authority. Remember when he spoke to his disciples and he gave them power, he gave them authority over demons. He said, you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you cleanse the leper, you cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely, come on, freely give. Right, what was he saying? I give you authority. He wasn't giving you power over Satan. Like you're going you're gonna to get in there and say, okay, I'm going to go wrestle Satan today. I'm going to go get, get after him and I'm going to wake up and use my spiritual authority. No, use my spiritual power. No, you're using your authority that at the name of Jesus, that's what gives you the authority, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. So it's authority. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. It's important to know that we have authority. So I'm going to give you three things. Put that uh, slide up there. I'm going to give you three things that your words do. Number one, your words direct. Can you say direct? Your words direct, just like directing traffic. Your words give direction. Just like directing and, and calling things into place, your words direct toward life or direct toward death. Your words direct. Um, I don't know about you. Tiffany and I, when we get in the car to drive, if we don't have like, you know, uh, Google Maps or Apple Maps or something, we're in trouble because we're not really good with directions. And uh, we'll go, we'll, we'll try to get somewhere and we'll go down the road. I'm generally good at directions, but we get into a conversation and such. And she says, I'm the one with directions. And I say, well, no, I'm the best with directions between us two. And, but we get lost all the time. Uh, when we're driving along. And I remember, I remember one time it, we went to a place and it, it could have taken us 30 minutes to get there and we took over an hour to get there because we went, we turned this wrong way and this wrong way and this wrong way. So now we just, even today, I mean, I've been in Memphis for over two years. I still put up my, you know, just how to get to church. I just still put up my, just so they can tell me, go this way, go this way. Well, what is it doing? It's directing me to go the right way. I had a friend 
I had three friends who went to Las Vegas, and I remember that they took a road trip from uh, um, Orange County to Las Vegas. It took about three and a half hours or something like that. And so they got there. They had a good time. They weren't, you know, bad guys or anything. They were on their way back. Two guys fell asleep, and they had to get back somewhere. And the guy that drove wasn't a real smart guy, I don't think. Maybe I'm equating people who don't know directions a smart guy. They must have been a brilliant person. But uh, the person that was driving was on the way back, and the other two guys fell asleep. And they were driving from Las Vegas back to Orange County. They got about two, over two hours, two and a half hours or so. And the other two guys woke up, and they said, where are we? we? This doesn't look familiar. And they realized the guy took a wrong turn and went two and a half hours in the wrong direction. Now, now how, how far is that out of the way? It's five hours out of the way, right? Because you went two hours, two and a half hours this way and two and a half hours back just to get back. And they're like, you idiot. You know, they were so mad at the guy that he did that. But you know, that's how we are with our tongue sometimes. We, if our tongue is that powerful and our tongue directs our whole life and we're loose with our tongue and we wonder, why aren't I farther along? Probably because our tongue's leading us two and a half hours in the wrong direction or two and a half years, <laughs> Two and a half decades. I don't know what whatever, whatever the case may be. Your tongue can direct your life in a wrong direction. Uh, your body follows your tongue. Look at James chapter three. James chapter three and verse uh, two. It says here. It says, "For we all stumble in many things, but if anyone does not stumble in word, can you say the words in word?" Inward. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Notice inward and the whole body go together. Your words are attached to the rest of your body. Indeed, we put uh, bits in horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. So we as human beings, our life, our bodies follow our tongue. Let me give you a for instance. Since I was in high school, I've always had to fight weight. I've always been, you know, man, I like to eat. I, I was, you know, raised with, with my, my parents like to cook. And, you know, I, I mean, I exercise. If I didn't exercise, I'd be 500 pounds, okay? So, but I'm not. So, so I would, uh, but, but, but I always had to fight weight. I, I, I do not like being one overweight. Some people just say, oh, you're just a big guy. Say whatever. I don't like being overweight. I like to be in shape, okay? But I've always had to fight weight. But I'll tell you, the biggest place to fight weight is my tongue. My tongue. Because here's what I do. I fall into saying, well, I like to eat. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, And I'll, we'll just cut up. And, and then people will say, oh, you know, you're, you want something to eat, Pastor. You know, I know that you like to eat. And I'll say, that's right. I like to eat, you know, and this and that. And then they'll say, you know, and I bet you have some good barbecue over in Memphis. Yeah, some good barbecue over in Memphis. Yeah. And I'll start saying this stuff. And guess what I do? I want to overeat. And I want to eat the wrong things. See, my body follows my tongue. If I want to change my body, I have to change my tongue. Drug addiction. I'm not, I'm, thank God, I'm not, I don't have drug addiction, okay? But I'm saying, but somebody in here may have drug addiction. And your family may have drug addiction. And you may say, well, my daddy had, you know, was on this. And my mama was on this. And my granny was on this. And, uh, or alcoholism. And you may speak it, claim it pull it into your life and just say, it's a battle, it'll always be a battle, it'll always be something, and guess what? It will, because your body follows your tongue. Big Clydesdale horses, you see these big, I don't know how many pounds they are, but they're huge, they, they have to weigh over 1,000 pounds, these big horses. How do they control these horses? They control them 
by their, they put a bit in their mouth, they turn their mouth this way, and the whole body goes this way. The horse can't keep going this direction and their mouth going this direction. The, the Bible's using this example to say, wherever your mouth goes is where your body will go. Wherever your mouth goes is where your life will go. He uses the example of ships. You see these huge cruise liner ships, right? And the Bible, sa the Bible says here that they're driven by fierce winds. Winds are trying to force them this way, but they know that their course direction is supposed to be this way. How can they do it? Do they just say, well, I guess that's just how life is. I guess that's the will of God. I guess that's what I'm supposed to do in my life. No, they know they're supposed to go this direction, but the wind and the waves are putting them this way. They take this little small rudder, the Bible uses the example, and the Bible says it goes wherever the pilot desires. So the pilot says we're going that way, the wind says we're going that way. Which direction are they going? They're going the way that the pilot says. How do they change that? They change it by their tongue. Your tongue has the authority over your life. Your tongue has the authority over your body. Any change you want to make in your life, it has to be changed with words. Any change you make, you have to, uh, it has to be changed with words. The way that we changed ourselves from going eternally into hell to eternally into heaven was by our words. We had to make Jesus the Lord of our life. James 3 says, verse 2, it says, We all stumble in word. We all stumble in many things, but if we don't stumble in word then we're a perfect man. Look down at verse four, it says, or verse five, excuse me. It says, even so the tongue is a little member but boasts great things. And verse, um, it says, but it, the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Two things about that. Number one is this. Notice where your tongue is located in you, in your body. It's not on the back of your head. It's not in your shoes. It's not on your hands. It's right below where your vision is, right below where you can see, right below where, where your senses are that you can hear, you can smell, you can see, you can see what's coming up, and you can take your tongue and direct the rest of your body toward the things that you're supposed to. The it's set in that place. But the Bible says, it says that it's so set among our members that it ends up defiling the whole body because we end up mouthing off you ever have that smart aleck friend you ever been that smart aleck friend right and you end up mouthing off and getting yourself in a bunch of trouble getting yourself in a fight i had a friend i remember in high school man this guy was smart off he he could talk smack and he was good at it and we laughed we'd crack up until he stuck smack to the wrong guy and then they said is that your friend no man i don't even know him right because it, it can mess you up. It can defile you. But the Bible says that the tongue is set in our members, but it can set on fire the whole course of nature. It can really mess you up. Every kind of the beast of the field, every kind, every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature is tamed by the tongue. You see these animal trainers? That How do they train them? They train them by giving them commands. They say, uh, sit up you know, lay down, roll over, these kinds of things. I remember I used to love to go to SeaWorld. We used to have in California marine land that we'd go to, and I'd see these trainers that would do these signs, and they would say things to these giant whales that seemed like they're as big as this room. And these whales would go, and they'd go underwater, and they'd come, and they'd jump up, and they'd, you know, they'd, they'd do this motion like this, and they'd do all these things. How did they know all those motions? They were trained by man's tongue. 
man would tell him certain things. We have this dog, this puppy. He's about six months, seven months old now. And Tiffany has this, uh, you know, I, I have it to where we have it now to where I can say, you know, sit. And the dog will sit. And then I'll say his name is Dewey. And then, um, we named him Dewey Finn after uh, School of Rocks. Uh, Jack Black guy, okay, anyway, okay, so I'll go sit, and then I'll say, you know, down, and he'll go down, and he'll lay down and all this, but Tiffany has this new thing where she's like, watch this, I taught him how to bark, I taught him how to bark, so she takes this thing, and just the last couple of weeks, and she'll go, Dewey, Dewey, she'll go, speak, speak, and he'll go, he goes like this, she goes, he's just about to do it, watch, he's just about to do it, Dewey, 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 speak, and he'll go, and she'll go, speak, speak, speak. You want a treat? You want a treat? Speak. And he'll go, roo, roo, And she'll go, oh, he spoke, you know, and she'll give him a treat. You want to do it again? And she'll, she's so happy. But then, you know, all of a sudden he'll start barking around the house and I'm going, shut up, you know. What are you talking for? And then Tiffany will be, be quiet. Why is he barking? Well, you taught him to bark. He was mute. He was a mute dog before that. Now you're teaching him, teaching him to bark, teaching him to speak. Every all animals, all beings, everything is tamed by. It's by the tongue. Your life is tamed by the tongue. We train our life and our world. It says in verse 8, no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. I want you to notice that your tongue is full of something. This bottle, I didn't buy this bottle because of the plastic on the outside or the wrapper. Bought the Bible, bought the bottle because of the contents that are in it. The contents that are in it, it contains something. Your words, and that's the second point. Your words are, uh, they, they contain. Number one, your words direct. Number words, your words contain. They contain either death or they contain life. And you say, how do I know which one? Well, they probably contain a little bit of both. <laughs> Someone, yeah, they probably contain a little bit of both. But, but let me ask you this. What if I took this content of water and I said 100% pure water, it's a dollar a water bottle, but um, we have this thing now to where we can fill these up 95%, and then the top 5%, we can fill them up with uh, toilet water, and, but, but I'll sell them for 10 cents. Um, you save a lot of money, though. And it's mostly pure water it's called mostly pure water it's a new brand it's called mostly pure water <laughs> good deal it's a good deal it's not it's not a buck it's a 10 cents would you buy it which would you spend how many would spend the buck yeah you spend the buck for the pure water not not 90 percent water for mostly water right that's kind of how our tongues are is that our tongues mostly create life and mostly speak in church could you could you just count what i speak in church lord uh, in prayer, could you just count my prayers? Because if you just counted my prayers in my church, then I'm doing pretty good. But it's all the other stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I'd tell you a funny story. When I was, uh, uh, when, two, uh, when Zoe was three years old, my daughter here, she, uh, mom went to go do something. And she said, hey, can you watch Zoe? I was working. It was one of those days where I had a lot going on. I sat there like every day, but I sat there and I was at the computer and I'm working and Zoe's in the other room in her room and she's playing with her new tea set. She had like a Beauty and the Beast little yellow tea set. Uh, and so she comes in the room, nobody's at home and she goes, you know, she's just like, Daddy? And she has these two little yellow teacups. Daddy, you want to play tea? 
You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I feel like doing right now. <laughs> Playing tea with you, but you're my daughter, so yes, I want to play tea time. It's exactly what I want to do. So I, <laughs> well, what can we do? I just lean over my chair. I grab one of the, you know, the little tea. I say, yeah. Well, she says, uh, yeah, Daddy, there's, there's tea in there. Drink it. <laughs> you know, so I drink it. Oh, that's so sweet. What a great daughter. And that's good. I love to play tea. Did you like it? I loved it. Oh, it's the best tea I've ever had. Really beautiful thing. Hey, go back and play tea in there with your dolls, and Daddy's going to work. And so she goes, and you know, two or three minutes later, she comes back. She said, Daddy, you want to play tea again? I have some more tea. She brings me some tea. I hand it. She, you have to drink it. I drink, you know, drink the little tea. And I give it back to her, and she goes back in. And well, after two times, three times, four times, I just thought, oh, I love this girl. She's so sweet. But I, but I got to thinking, well, How's she getting this? How's she getting this? This water, this tea, so quick. Where's she getting this tea from? So it was like on the fourth time, you know, I looked down at her and I say, "Hey," uh, and she says, "You gotta drink it, Daddy." She's three. You, know. you gotta drink it. I said, "Where?" Hey, uh, Zoe seems to be getting this tea pretty quick, and you can't reach the sink, kitchen sink. Where are you getting this water? She says, "Toilet." I said. I said, toilet? <laughs> what? No, I'm, no, I'm thinking she's probably kidding. Like, she's, she's three. She's not going to do her dad like that, right? So I walk her in. I don't know if she knows what the toilet is. She walks me in the toilet. She goes, yeah, she lifts it up right there, daddy. <laughs> you know, come on. Come on. Now, now, let me tell you, it's water. It's water. And it's, it's pretty pure water. It's pretty pure water, right? <laughs> It's pretty pure water, right? You can't tell the difference unless you look at the two contaminants on the, on the two things, right? But the reality is, look at The Bible says that our tongue is full of deadly poison. With it, we bless God. With it, we curse men who's been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth produce blessing and cursing. He's saying, brothers and sisters, this thing should not be so. You can't take a spring and have salt water and have fresh water. It just shouldn't be so. So our words contain life or death. That's why uh, people will say, don't play with fire. They'll say, don't play with guns. Fire, it will warm you. It's good. But fire will also kill you if you play with it in the wrong way. Guns can protect you, but guns can also harm you. It's how you play with them. It's how you use those things. Your words carry authority. Remember Jesus said in Matthew, Chapter 12, verse 36, he says, But I say to you that every, for every idle word men speak, they will give account of it. Listen, your words contain something. Why? Because the word idle literally means uh, empty or barren or fruitless. In other words, the words we speak that are just idle words, he's, he says, we're going to give account for them because by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. And then point number three is this. Your words unlock things and lock things. Your words unlock things and they lock things. Remember uh, in the book of Matthew, Jesus said in chapter 16, he said, behold, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Can you say that out loud? Keys of the kingdom. He said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven 
And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want you to notice this, though. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth. Who? Who? God? See, because then why sometimes do we go, Lord, I just pray that you'd bind that. Now, Now, who said this? Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Is that what he said? No, he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What does that mean? It means your words have authority. Your words contain authority, and there's things that we have to bind, and we have to lose. How do we do it? We do it with words. In fact, the reason that they're locked up is because words locked them up. Bondages, the reason why people are in bondages in strongholds is because they're locked up with words and we need to unlock those things with words. Remember last week we read the, uh, the, the passage where Jesus, or the story where Jesus walked by that tree, he was hungry, and he looked at the tree and he said it only had leaves and he said, let no one ever eat fruit of you again. And then he left. The next day he came back, the disciples pointed out that the tree that he cursed died And Jesus didn't look and say, oh, yeah, look at that tree. It is dead, huh? Yeah, that's right. I spoke over that tree yesterday. No, they said, Master, look at it. The tree's dead. And he looked at them and he said, have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, this is us, you, that whosoever, listen, whoever, look look at the scripture, whoever says, say the word says, says, to the mountain, did he say says to God? Says to who? To the mountain. Now the mountain's the barrier. The mountain's the stronghold. The mountain's the thing that's locking you up. The mountain's the thing that's blocking your way. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he, come on, he says will come to pass or will be done, he will have whatever he says notice he will have whatever he says can we say that last line he will have whatever he says who who will have whatever he says whoever isn't that qualified whoever whoever says he will have whatever he says he will have whatever he says did jesus say that you can have whatever you say he said it but but what we're doing is we're saying whatever we have rather than having whatever we say, right? Well, I have sickness. I have poverty. I don't, I don't have a way. You know, this guy gets hired in front of me. This guy, you know, this guy, I, I, I'll never be promoted. I don't have the education. I don't have this. I don't. That's called oppression. When you're under the stronghold of those thoughts and those words, it's called oppression. It's how people keep people in slavery. It's how people keep people bound. It's how the enemy keeps you and me bound. It's called oppression. And what happens is, Jesus said, if you'll say to the mountain, not to God, if you'll say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, you'll have whatever you say. But it's important for us to say it. Not to say, God, would you do it? No, but to say, God, but but, but to say to the mountain, and there's things in your life, in my life, that we have to speak to directly to i'm not saying we don't need to pray we do need to pray but there's other things we need to say can you see this this morning there's other things we need to say 
to the mountain. Um, he says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. If I were to give you the keys to this building, you would have uh, the keys to the front door and the back door and the side door. You would have, in a sense, authority over this building. You would be able to walk in this building if nobody else was here, and you could lock it, unlock it, walk in any room you wanted, walk around the room. Now, that doesn't mean you own the building, but it means you have the authority over the building. It means you have the power. When Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, it's not your kingdom. It's not my kingdom. Whose kingdom is it? It's your kingdom come and your will be done. But he did say he'd give you the keys. He said, hey, keep these on your ring. Keep these keys on your ring. And what are the keys of the kingdom? They're words. He says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound. How do you bind things? With your words. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose. How do you loose things? With your words. It's important for us to have the responsibility of using our words to bind things and to, and to loose things, and that is our point. Your words lock and they unlock. Like here's a for instance. No weapon formed against you, say it out with me, no weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Who shall condemn? Listen. No weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue which rises against you. Things, weapons that are formed against you, spiritual opposition that's against you, guess what that opposition is? They're words that have been spoken against you. It's not physical weapons. It's spiritual weapons. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's spiritual weapons. What are the weapons? Words have been spoken against you. Things that are binding you up. They're holding you back. They're, they're blocking you from stepping out into things. And it says, no weapon formed against you. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, say these next three words with me. You shall condemn. God shall condemn? Who? You. You condemn what? Words that have been spoken against you. You condemn what? bondages, strongholds that are against your life, you have to speak those out. You shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. It's important for us to say those things out. So what, how do we condemn them? Well, if you have a stronghold that's been over your life that's holding you back, you say it out. I've had people growing up uh, who've said things over my life, oh, I know you, you won't do that, and they've spoken something out against me. You ever had something like that? Oh, I know you, I know the way you are, I know the way you act, I know the way it is, it'll never be, it'll never, and they start speaking. As soon as I walk away from them, you know what I do? I condemn those words. I'll say, in the name of Jesus, I will not be bound by those words. In the name of Jesus, I will not allow my mind, my thinking, the spirit world, the things that are out here to take the authority that's in them and use those words against me so I condemn them just like those missiles. What are those, those, those missiles that are, uh, that are against the missiles? They're, you, you, know the, you know, the ones that, 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 that navigate when there's a missile and they go shoot them down? What is that? Anti, someone help me. Is that what they're called? Anti-missiles? Huh? Anti-missiles? Sounds better than that. Okay, maybe it's anti-missiles. Thank you. Better than I had. Okay, anti-missiles. Sometimes those anti-missiles, those things that are coming against you, you have to speak those things out against those things. You shall condemn. This is the heritage. Um, uh, I remember, or yesterday I was walking through the hallway and we were looking at something and I dragged my hand like this across a doorway and, and I caught my hand on a nail 
little nail, and the nail went down into my down into my hand, and there's blood that started, you know, coming out. And the guy who was with me was like, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm okay." I just said, "You know, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay." And I was hurting. Ow. You know, but I remembered back. I remembered back about six years ago. We were down in Laguna Beach, and I was with my two boys, uh, Miles and David, and we were going down Laguna Beach Pier, and it was all wood pier, and and they were going walking along like this. It was a long day at the beach, and they were dragging their feet like this, and their bare feet on that old wood pier. We got back in the car. Oh, their feet started hurting. And we got home, and there was in one of their, you know, one of the boys. There was thirty some splinters in the bottom of his feet, and the other one, those 20-some splinters. And, and and Dad, you know, Tiffany, get him out, you know. Get him out. He's six years old. Have you ever tried to pull a splinter out of a six-year-old's foot? How about 30 of them, you know? And so one by one, I remember threatening them, you know. <laughs> if, you, if I have to take you to the doctor, they may have to cut it off, so you better let Dad do it, you know, and all this. And I'm going through trying to pull these things out. It took so much time, patience, prayer, intercession, anything. I had to get these things out. But you know what? If I had just said, ah, whatever, ah, doesn't matter. They'll, they'll grow into them, ah, whatever. What would happen to their feet? Infection could be something bad, right? Could end up being something. What happens when people speak things to, uh, against us? What happens when we're carrying spiritual weights? When people have, when we're targets and the enemies hit us up so bad and we say, I don't have time for all that. It's okay. Whatever happens, uh, God will take care of me. Yeah, God will take care of you, but he teaches us to, to shoot down those weapons, anti-missile weapons, to shoot down, we shall condemn we shall condemn those things. Uh, and let me say this one more scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Listen, this is for you. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Remember, words are spirit. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Listen, for pulling down strongholds. Say it out strong. Pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. How do you pull down strongholds? Do you get in prayer and you just say, Lord, I thank you for your presence. I'm in prayer. And you sense that there's a spiritual opposition coming against you and you just... Is that how you fight the spirit? That's stu- that, I mean... I'm not going to say that. That, that, doesn't look, that doesn't seem very intelligent, does it? How do you fight it? You pull it down the same way as it was put up. It was put up by words. And you pull it down. You say, in the name of Jesus, I don't know what's oppressing me right now. I don't know what's coming against me right now. But I pull it down in the spirit. No weapon formed against me. You say the word of God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment. Right now, I condemn. I condemn every word that's been spoken against me, against my family, against generational curses, against anything that's over my life. I condemn it. I pull it down now in the name of Jesus. And then you move forward. And what happened? It, it, it was pulled down. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose, it'll be loose. It's important. That's how we fight in the spirit. That's how we fight those kinds of things. I want us to do this as we, as we uh, close here. Next week, by the way, I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare in our last week on this. And I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this next week. I'm going to talk about using our words for spiritual warfare. And there's a lot of good things in this. But I want us to confess some things today. 
It's important to confess the word of God. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I am good looking. I am a success. I am the answer to my generation. I am. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking God's words and putting it in your words and aligning God's words with your words so that God's results can happen in your life. Can you see what I'm saying this morning? I want us to say some things right now because your words carry authority over your life. I can't just say it over your life. You have to say it over your life. Your words have spiritual precedent. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Say these words in faith. Say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Say, I am not my own. I've been bought at a price. Say this over your life. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm a new creation in Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Pride has passed away. Greed has passed away. Lust has passed away. Sin has passed away. All things are new in my life. Now all things are of God. Let's say this to the Lord. My life belongs to the Lord. Say, if God be for me, who can be against me? If God's on my side, it doesn't matter who's on the other side. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ. My words direct the course of my life. So today, I declare that I follow Jesus and what he wants me to do. Some of you need to say this. I delight myself in doing the will of God. I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and not my own way. It brings me great joy to serve God. So I serve him with my whole heart. Say, as for me and my house, come on, someone needs to say it over your household. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say, my life belongs to the Lord. My family belongs to the Lord. My thoughts and actions belong to the Lord. My words belong to the Lord. Now let's say this against fear. Say, I don't worry about my life. I don't worry about my finances. I don't worry about my body. I cast all of my cares over on the Lord because he cares for me. Say, I don't get anxious. I don't get troubled because I cast all my cares on God. Say, I don't live under pressure. I don't live under the weight of life. But instead, I pray about everything. So I serve the Lord with freedom, and he takes care of every one of my needs. Let's declare this today. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Say, I have clear direction in every decision. The Lord is my shepherd. I do not lack direction. When I lack wisdom, I ask him, and he gives it to me. Every time, he never leads me astray or down the wrong path. Say, I don't fear missing decisions because I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me, leading me and guiding me. Say, I trust in the Lord with all of my heart and don't lean on my own understanding. In all of my ways, I acknowledge him 
and he directs my paths. Can we say this over our lives today? Say, I declare healing over my body. By his stripes, I am healed now. All sickness, all disease, leave my body now. Say, I speak over my mind. I speak over my thoughts. And I say that I have a clear mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. My body belongs to the Lord. I am His spirit, soul, and body. Now let's say this. From this day forward, my words will speak life and life only. I will speak the word of God. I see the results that God intended. Let's say this. I renounce all negative words that have been spoken against me, that's been spoken against my family, that's been spoken generationally. I renounce those words and I pull them down. They are a lie of the enemy and I do not receive them now. They stop in Jesus' name. Say, out of these lips come life. Just like Jesus said. Let's say what Jesus said. The words that I speak, they are spirit. And they are life. Life more abundantly. The life that God intended. Say this last line. I speak it. I believe it. I receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Just shout amen right now. Come on, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's take about 10 seconds. Listen, take about 10 seconds and out of your mouth, let's praise God for what he's doing in your life. Right now, Lord, we thank you, God, that there's turnaround in the spirit. I thank you in Jesus' name. The lies that the enemy has spoken over the people of God, stop now in Jesus' name. We thank you that God's plan, God's will, God's way will come to pass. We proclaim it. We say it according to the word of God and we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name and if you don't know Jesus in fact I'd like for everybody to say it just bow your head say Jesus I open my heart to you I turn from my own way and I call you my Lord and my Savior take away all of my sins wash my heart clean come into my life and make me new from this day forward I call myself a believer Thank you for eternal life with Jesus. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.